the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. Have fun and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program. Weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live readings. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. We are here. Thanking you for joining us tonight for the Bible Live, the quiz show. Your chance to answer some questions from the the old book, uh, the book of books. It's called the Bible itself. We are reading now these days through the book of Deuteronomy. We've just finished that book this week. That's the fifth book of the Bible, the fifth book of the Torah, the the final book. Uh, the people of Israel waiting there on the east side of the Jordan River waiting now to go into the promised land. And we're going to read those final chapters tonight, chapters 28 through 34. We're going to ask you questions from those chapters those, uh, that we've read this past week. And then we'll go on into the Gospel of Mark. Are you ready, Jacob, to go back into yes, the New Testament asking. passages? I, I was invited to attend tonight. Uh, Jacob is along with. Can and everybody course, hear me? Everybody hears you. Great, I think. Okay, we and will, I do want to say we will two, hear from your two listeners. If <laughs> well, good, and the ones here in the audience, That's I mean right. in the studio. Anyway, I do want to say two things. One, one. Well, three things. Hello. Number two, I want to say the phone number is two ten three four zero. Nine five eight five. Yeah, that's right. Because somebody told me we're not giving out the number, so now we've given out the number three four zero ninety five eighty five. We'll give it out. Often, Often, continually, okay. throughout the uh, next 90 minutes. So uh, give us a call. And tonight is a very special night. Would you like because, to? Because, yeah, I'd like to know why. Yeah, Besides, okay. uh, uh-huh. 
Well, we're going to finish and... Deuteronomy, which okay. is a reward, rewarding experience all by itself. Okay. But aside from that, everybody knows Daniel, Revelation, Zechariah, you know, all those interesting books about telling us what's going to happen in the future, don't they? Exactly right. Exactly yes. right. Except the key that nobody looks at is in these last few chapters of Deuteronomy. Why? Ask me why. Ask me why. Uh, let me see now. Do they contain prophetic passages as well or not? Well, I thought you were just going to ask me why. Uh, why? Why? Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, it's because if Moses is about to die, the whole entire book of Deuteronomy takes place in the last five weeks of Moses' life. Right? Right. Yes. So if he's going to die, he knows he's going to die. By the way, when was he told by God he was going to die and not go into Israel? Uh, let me see. Was it right after he struck the rock instead of speaking to it? Or oh, you're you're a pretty smart guy. You're guessing, but it's a smart. I guessing. am guessing. Uh, but, but was it right, right immediately after that? No, or? but it does take place surprisingly enough at the end of the book of Numbers. Okay. Aha. Uh-huh. Right now, mm-hmm. but what what's so interesting about this? He's going to die, so he wants to leave the most important thing he can say before he dies in the book of Deuteronomy. In Hebrew, it's called Hazinu. But in English, it is called Song of Moses. And if we look at that song, it will tell you about the past of Israel, the present at his time, and the future. So all these guys that people are reading about, Daniel, Revelation, that's all neat stuff. But the truth is, the answer is in the Song of Moses at the end of Deuteronomy. He was the guy who was talking to God, as they say, face to face. The oldest recorded song... uh in the world, I guess it is said. Now we're not talking about re- going into a recording studio, and, but but it was, was recorded. It was written down in, as a record for us. And, and to that end, I should go to number three because I said there were three things. Yes, you did. So we have got both John and this other engineer named Doug here tonight, and they are working together, and they are just experts. Now from now on, I am told that when a caller calls. They will be able to listen to the show while they're waiting online, and they can hear the show. Then when they come on, they can talk. All right. Because we've had problems in the past, but I am told that we have been fixed. All uh, right. We've so, been... So, so to speak. <laughs> we have been fixed. Never mind. I don't want to go there. I didn't All even right. know I was broken. <laughs> I'm pretty broken myself. But anyway, we are here. 340-9585. I did it again. See, I gave the phone number. Uh-huh. 340-9585. For the next, uh, what did I say, 80, 80 90 minutes. We would take away seven. It would be 90, 83 minutes. Uh, you can give us a call. You can participate in the Bible Live Quiz Show. Let's give them something to um, respond to, wow. Jacob. Wow. I have some questions from the Psalms. We read Psalm 40, and then we read Psalms 147 through 150, uh, the last three, uh, four Psalms uh, in the book of the Psalms, in fact. So here they go. So from Psalm 40, in the verse, in the first verse of Psalm 40, David says that God heard his cry and turned to him after David had done something. What was it that David did uh, after which, I don't, I don't know if we can absolutely uh, believe or know that there is a causal relationship here, but God turned to David and heard his cry after David had done what? What was it that we're told in Psalm 40 that uh, David did and then 
God turned to hear his cry. It's found in the very first verse of Psalm 40. And then this verse, uh, this question also from Psalm 40, verses 6 through 8, after experiencing God's salvation, God saved him from some situation, some, uh, or might have been his uh, spiritual salvation. We're not told what there, but it seems like in the context it was some some mess that David had gotten himself into. Remember, he is a politician. Uh, he was a, a general. He had a lot of problems and a lot of challenges in his lifetime. But after experiencing God's salvation in one of those occasions, what was David faithful to do? After experiencing God's salvation, David was faithful to do something very specific. It's mentioned in Psalm chapter 40, verses 6 through 8. So give us a call if you know the answer to either one of those questions, 340-9585. And uh, this is an open book quiz. You can go open your Bible and find it and actually read the answer to us if you'd like. That's why we give you the the actual Bible text uh, from which we are taking the question. And where you'll find the answer, of course. Now then, from Psalm 147 through Psalm 150, excuse me, the last five psalms, that includes all of these that we've just mentioned, these last four, the last five psalms, numbers 146 through 150, begin and end with the same words. Or I guess in, in Hebrew, the same word, right? Uh, yes. Just one word. Yeah. Uh, the, these last five psalms begin and end with the same words for us in English. What are those words? Or if you want to tell us the one word that uh, begins and ends each of those five psalms, you can tell us that word as well. We are bilingual here at The Bible Live, um, at least at least that much, in particular, in this word in specifically. All right. Now, finally, according to Psalm 149, 149, verse 4, God experiences great joy. He is delighted by what? You know, we don't often, I don't know if we often think of God as rejoicing. God is being happy. Now, we're talking about the Godhead, I suppose, and we're talking about the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. What is it that delights God? What is it that brings joy? You may be surprised by the answer. Uh, Look it up if you'd like. Psalm 149, verse 4. God experiences great joy. He is delighted by what? So there are four questions for you. 340-9585. Jacob has got some questions from uh, the closing chapters of Deuteronomy and then also from the opening eight chapters of the Gospel of Mark. Okay, is that a cue? That's a cue. That is passing the torch. Uh, well, okay. Let's uh, start off with, uh, actually, you know, we've explained this before, but perhaps we could do it again. Actually, you and your cohorts, your assistants, your minions, uh, write all the questions, and then you give me an abundance of them and allow me to select some among the choices you've given me. That's right. That's right. abundant. Great. Okay. You don't feel limited or or no, shut in. No, no. In fact, I sometimes wish you wouldn't offer me such a vast amount of choices. <laughs> it's like going on the supermarket and seeing all those aisles of p- potato chips and wondering which one you're supposed to get. Yeah, uh, Is that what you do? That's kind of what I do sometimes, yeah. <laughs> well, everybody has to have something, I guess. Yes. Okay. Uh, you're number one. All right. Are you ready? Are you starting with the number one? I am. You're one. That was easy. Uh-huh. 
Now, in Deuteronomy 28.53, Moses predicts, uh, I'm gonna, I might choose the word, but I'll accept your word predicts. Okay. Moses well, uh, predicts that if Israel disobeys God, a foreign power will a siege uh, so severe that Israelis, Israelites, will be driven to do what for food? Yikes. What word would you substitute for predicts? Uh, oh, pro- warns? Prophesies. Oh, oh, okay. I don't mind prophesying. Okay. It, it, well, I was going to mention that fact that in in English, uh, we pretty much when someone prophesies, it we pretty much have limited it predicting the future. But my old yeah. professors, my old the, theology professors, said that uh-huh. that the word had two meanings. One is to foretell, like foretell the future, and the other was to foretell that it. it and the most common meaning was that, that it was preaching. That. Of, uh, of a one who's prophesying, the prophets, they were preachers. And so I've always kind of kept that in my mind to kind of guard against the idea of always understanding it to being predicting the future. But uh, you're going to go with prediction idea, right? Moses predicts, he prophesies. Uh, I'm probably going to go with the prophecy idea, but you're right again. Is that right? The, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Foretelling and foretelling. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's... What they said. Okay, so that <laughs> I have no, no, I've only to believe them and to choke that back up when it came to time to take a test. I had to answer that question that All way. Righty, and uh, where am I at here? Oh, uh, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and uh, let's see here. Uh, year of an number five. All right. What was the year of release? The answer will be found in Deuteronomy thirty-one ten. So we talked a little bit about this last week, right? We did. Same. That was prophecy. <laughs> last, <laughs> last week? Yeah. Oh, okay. We're doing it this week, you know. All right. That so was it, definitely. it, which proves the prophecy. Foretelling. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> what was the year of release? And I want to know as well uh-huh. from you tonight, Yeah. Uh, what is that thing that happened every 50 years? Uh-huh. It doesn't happen every 50. 49? Uh, you're right again, 48. Okay, 48. Well, actually, uh, it's 49. You're right. I was pulling your leg. <laughs> okay. But, but anyway, I want to know about that. It is 49. Okay. Uh-huh. And I'd love to talk about it. I'd love to talk about anything. But, of course. Uh, let's, uh, why do we, if we That's number five. That's your second question. Answer, what was the year of release? Deuteronomy 3110. Then we can talk about what you just said. Okay. Because if I answer, we will give away all the answers. That's true. Uh, okay. Now. This is going, boy, you better have your seatbelt on for this one. Are we going to the mark or are we going to stay in the Deuteronomy? One more from Deuteronomy. All right. So this one. You Uh, like Deuteronomy, don't you? Well, I'm I'm in favor. Jesus (laughs) quoted, all the quotes in Jesus of, in the New Testament, the four Gospels, Uh by the way, are above 72% directly from Deuteronomy. Ah, How about that? Isn't that interesting? Yes, it is. It's like 72.4. We'll say 72. All right. Um, okay, now I want to do the next one because it closely relates to the one we read about what is the year of release. So, number six. Okay. During the year of release, what book did Moses say should be read to all the people when they gathered for the Festival of Shelters? 
also want to know what about the f- Festival of Shelters. That was well, another well, question actually, I had. those two questions right. are tying together, and right. I am going to absolutely surprise you with what I'm going to say about those two questions and what it really is in the book of the Gospels. What book did Moses say should be read to all the people uh-huh. when they gathered for the Festival of Shelters? And it wasn't Gone with the Wind, right? It was not. It, no. It was, was not. It was not. All right. Yeah. And uh, that would have been a great So don't call in saying gone with the wind. It was not. No, I wouldn't do that. Well, if they did call in, but what would, would they call? It would be Mark Twain's book that almost nobody has read called Letters from the Earth. Letters from the Earth, okay. Uh, do you know that book? No, I don't. Uh-huh. It's a book that nobody read. 340-9585. That's part in the book. All right. But it's Letters from the Earth. It's a book written by Mark Twain where it's Satan writing letters back to God. Huh, I've heard of another book like that. What is it, Screw Tape? Uh, that <laughs> the Screw came Tape Letters of C.S. Later, Lewis. Yeah. yeah, it came along later. Well, are we, we going to jump to Mark now? Or? Yes, I think we should. Okay, into the Gospel of Mark. All right. So all we're right. jumping ahead some, what, some 1,300 years further ahead now? Uh, yeah, at least. Uh, okay, so I'd like to start off, because to me it's interesting, and if it's I'm picking, I'm picking what I'm interested in, huh? Right. Okay, you can do that. Uh, I'm sorry, at about the age 30, Jesus traveled from Nazareth to be baptized by his cousin John in the Baptist in the water. In what what river? Oh, you just want to know the name of the river that Uh, he was baptized in? It's in Mark 1 9. All right. Uh-huh. What river was Jesus baptized uh-huh. in by his cousin, uh-huh. second cousin, uh-huh. uh, to be more, more exact, I guess, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, John the Baptist? And we might want to ask them as well, something I've learned from you, Jacob. Uh, what is it? Why did Jesus uh-huh. go to Nazareth? Why did he take this extraordinary step of, uh, instead of going to the temple, uh, to have his ministry kind of endorsed and begin his ministry with the baptism there with the priesthood and so on. Why did he go to John the Baptist? Why did he do that? I've I've always enjoyed it when you first taught me that. That that well, made a lot of sense to me. Well, I like to make sense. In fact, I do it so rarely that I like it. <laughs> but but I also... Uh, so let's do that one, too. Okay. And then your number 15, because okay. this is always a very intriguing one to me, and I think it's a very thoughtful question. Your number 15. As All right. The, uh, I guess third question, fourth question for Mark, whatever. Jesus cast many demons out of a man and into a herd of pigs. One of the demons gave his name when Jesus demanded it. What name did the demon give? Answer, Mark 5, 9. What I, name? Love to talk about that particular one. You know, I've heard something about that through the years, uh, and I wonder if, if uh, <clears throat> the Jewish perspective is the same. That I don't know. This is kind of maybe kind of a little crazy, a little bit on the edge, but yeah. um, that one of the keys to uh, you know casting out demons or that that sort of thing, exorcisms is all, is to get the name of the demon. Does that have any kind of a it is, uh, and I do want to just add one thing. When you said you want to see if the Jewish perspective was the same, <clears throat> Soapy, it would be the Christian perspective that is the same. <laughs> the okay. Jews had it first. That's right. Who had it first? I, the, okay. There was yeah. no intent there. Of, oh, of, that's okay. But uh, okay. I wondered if it, yeah. it, 
The answer is sure. It is. is that and, right? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, there is a great movie called, now it's called The Possession. There was kind of a spooky kind of movie, and it's about these Jews. That pe- some people go to them to help with some getting rid of this demon that comes from a box. And they go to these Orthodox Jews, and frankly, how they control the demon, they find his name and put him in the box. <laughs> All right, interesting. Yeah. So it, the, the thought is there. Okay, no, just curious about that. Maybe that we can talk about uh, I'm, if there's a biblical basis for that or whatever. But well, I anyway. think somebody should start calling in. Three four zero. Ninety-five, eighty-five. That's the call-in line. If you're calling locally, if you happen to be listening on the internet and would like to give us a call from anywhere in the continental United States, the number is eight seven seven six thirty five seven five seven eight seventy-seven six thirty fifty-seven fifty-seven. But locally, again, three four zero ninety-five ninety-five eighty-five. Would love to hear from you and um, get your answer to any of these questions that you'd like to answer, or maybe. Maybe you have a question about the uh, scriptures. Maybe you have a question from the passages we read tonight, or maybe another passage that you something you've been wondering about I, from the Bible. We'd I love think to hear. We from have you. a guy that's not watching the Super Bowl online. Oh, let's go and visit then. With his name is Rich. Hi, Rich. How are you tonight? Pretty good. Um, your voice. I, was to the, I was listening to the game for a while, and then I thought, no, nah, that's old hat. Um, <laughs> Been there hey, I'd like now. to answer, try to answer that one question about the river. <laughs> Say that again, Rich. I'd like to answer, try and answer that one uh, question about the river. Oh, good. What, what river was uh, Christ uh, baptized in by John the Baptist? Yes. What river was that? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking now it's the Jordan River. Bingo! You got it exactly right. The Rich. that little old muddy Jordan River. Now I, I understand it's quite beautiful. Now have you seen the Jordan River, Jacob? No. Uh, even on the internet, you could go and Google the Jordan River, and they'll show I you think pictures of it. P- piping it into Flint, Michigan. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I'm very happy. You know why? Uh, I, I never look up in the Bible when you ask these questions. I go by memory. So that makes me feel good. That, good that you can re- can recall those things. Uh, now, let me ask you this. Maybe you can lend some light to this question of why Jesus went to his um, second cousin. Why did Jesus go to John the Baptist to be baptized instead of the more traditional route, I guess, was to go to the temple and have the the priest there baptize him? Do you, you got a, you got an idea for us, Rich? Why maybe he that's chose? A, that's a, that's a tough question. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a little more difficult. Yeah. Yeah, I I gotta be honest with you. I I don't even my imagination won't even tell me anything. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you know, one thing I, I would say I, I am so used now. As you look in the Bible, so many of the things that happen, both Old and New Testaments, they happen. On family basis, it's it's often quite interesting to me when you look. Was it, at the, was it John the Baptist's reputation that he went to him for? Partially, I think. Partially. Yeah, I I think so too because he had a a huge reputation uh, with his uh, skin cloth and everything. You I, know. I, I, yeah, exactly. He was quite the uh, figure of that time. But let me ask you this question: Do you happen to know what tribe John the Baptist was a member of? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, that'll help. That'll I'm, be a hint for somebody. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm failing. <laughs> oh, you're doing great, buddy. We appreciate you calling in very much. Rich. Hey, what, thank you, Rich. I want to ask you a question. 
Oh, too late. Too we, late. Okay. I was going to ask him, could he listen to the show online? Oh, that would have been a good thing to know if he was yeah, hearing I, us. I, that's what I want to know. Well, our next call, caller. Somebody call. Tell us if you can hear the show while you're waiting to come on. Because you're supposed to, because we got like brainiacs here that know all about computers, <laughs> and they have fixed it, they tell us. What? Brainiac didn't smile, so he's chewing his nails over there. He's yeah. worried about this. So. Yeah. <laughs> Are we doing all right, Doug? Or we're okay. We're still on the air. <laughs> we we've been struggling, as you know, the last couple Maybe of weeks. We but we're about to learn this new board. I think finally we're going to learn this new board and and, and uh, know how to operate it. Okay, there's one answer already. The River Jordan, the Jordan River, uh, was the river that John the Baptist. Uh, Jesus traveled from Nazareth to be baptized by his second cousin, John the Baptist, in the River of Jordan. That The River Jordan. The River of Jordan. The River Jordan. Now, um, interestingly, the, uh, I'm always curious about this. There was someone else baptized in the River Jordan, a very famous individual back in the Old Testament. Remember when the... But he is mentioned in the New Testament. Really? The same guy? Yeah. That Jesus tells the story. Really? I don't recall that. This general, the Syrian general, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Naaman? Yeah. Jesus tells the story in the New Testament. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's over, if I may joke and say that, I, I'm scared to say this, but it's kind of over on your side of the Bible. I know. I'm supposed <laughs> to know that, and you know it well. <clears throat> so um, We just got a call, an advisory call. Is he still on the line? Okay. He called and said, yes. While he was waiting on hold, he could hear us. I don't oh, know. Maybe he thought that was the question from the, for tonight. <laughs> that was the question he had to answer. All right. He well, won. He won. <laughs> he got it right. Exactly right. Well, here we go. We've got some more questions out there. In the first verse of Psalm 40, wow. David says that God heard his cry and turned to him after David had done a certain thing. What was it David did? Uh, I don't know if it caused God to turn and answer him, but... It, it happened in that sequence. And after experiencing God's salvation, we're told that David was faithful to do something. After God answered his call and delivered him, saved him, what was David faithful to do? You'll find both of those in Psalm 40, verse 6 through 8 there. What did David do after he, God had saved him? Sophie, I know we're not going to get a lot of listeners tonight because people are listening to something called the Super Bowl. 340-9585. Don't oh, go yeah. away. Right. We'll be right back. Okay. Dr. Stan Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me, plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to thelaptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. 
Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to where we had got our oil done before, it could take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't expect to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. Join Barry Bass every weekday morning for the KSLR Morning Ministries, including Through the Bible, Renewing Your Mind, Truth for Life, and Focus on the Family. Weekdays from 6 to 10 on AM 630 KSLR and KSLR.com. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, we are back. The Bible Live, the quiz show is on the air. You can join us, 340-9585. Jacob is here in the studio with me. John, Doug is here. We're all having a little party right here in our own little neck of the woods. We understand that the the Super Bowl is now over. It is history. Uh, Denver has surprisingly beat... Uh, Carolina, which I uh, I was just commenting that probably I wonder how much money changed hands today across the United States as uh, little office bets and private bets and so on. Uh, my lands, that's kind of a uh, that would be that would be considered an upset for sure, right? Yeah, and I do want to say that uh, we announce all major sports uh, events right here on the air. <laughs> right, that's what we we exist, just for that purpose. No, we tell you that so that we welcome all of you who were perhaps watching that, that game. We welcome you to the broadcast. Hopefully you can join us. We have some questions out on the air. We'll repeat those in a moment that you can call in and answer. Or you can call in with your own questions about the book of books, about the Bible, Old or New Testament, something maybe that's bothered you or that you've wondered about for some time, uh, or maybe just something you'd like to share about the Scriptures and what they have meant to your life. You can definitely give us a call. We'd love to hear from you, 340-9585. Uh, shall I repeat the questions, Jacob? Or or the phone number. 340-9585. You, somebody really got on your case about that this week, didn't they? They did, you're, yes. Uh, you're on that. In the first verse of Psalm 40, well, I just mentioned the, the questions from Psalm 40. Let's go to Psalm 140, um, Psalms 146 through 150. These are smaller psalms. They're the, the last uh, five psalms of the book of the psalms. Each of them begin and end with the same words. That's plural, words with an S on it, in English at least. 
Each of them begin and end with the same words. What are those three words? Now, in Hebrew, it's just one word. Maybe that gives you a little bit of an idea what it is. Um, but that is considered one word, right, in Hebrew? Uh, yeah. Okay. And in Psalm 149, we'll move to just particularly Psalm 149, verse 4. God experiences great joy. He is delighted by what? Now, I find that question fascinating because we don't often, we wonder, well, what makes God happy? What uh, the, the, We're talking about the Godhead now, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, what uh, in their relationship with one another, totally and absolutely complete. We know all the attributes of deity, but it's, it is, we're told here in these, this passage, Psalm 149.4, that God experiences great joy and that he is delighted by something in particular. What is it? You'll be uh, maybe surprised, maybe happily surprised by the answer. Then let's move on to the book of Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy 28.53, Moses predicts that if Israel prophesies, as Jacob prefers to use that word, Moses prophesies that if Israel disobeys God, if Israel were to disobey God, a foreign power will lay a siege on uh, their city, I suppose, the capital city, or on them, so severe that the Israelis would be driven to do what for food? They would go to a, a huge extreme to be able to even have a meal, to be able to eat. I don't know if you, you, I don't even like to ponder the answer to that question, but it actually actually happened in real time in history. So we uh, see not only a prediction, but the fulfillment of that of that prophecy as well. Deuteronomy twenty eight fifty three. What was the year of release is another question from Deuteronomy thirty one ten, compared with uh, chapter 15, verse 1. What was called the year of release? That would be also called the year of jubilee? No. Not the same thing? No. Ah, that's... The year of Jubilee would be the answer to my question a while ago. 49. 49 years. Oh, yeah, see, you're, you're a good guy. <clears throat> year of Jubilee. Uh, year of re- is there another phrase instead of year of release that is used? Uh, yes. Uh, the one that is currently about everybody, about books, about movies called, give me a drum roll. Oh, I love it. Shemitah. Oh. Never heard it. <laughs> never heard it. There's, there's books on the bestseller list. There's I'll a movie about it. And, and people wondering why we don't have one in our country today, right? Is that the uh, idea? That's basically it. Okay. Uh, During the year of release, there was a book that Moses said that should be read to all the people during the year of release when they gathered for the Festival of Shelters, which is another thing you have to explain to us, the Festival of Shelters. Uh, but that's it. What was this book that Deuteronomy said should be read to all the people? Did you know that Jesus did that? Yes, I did know yes, that. Yes, you did. Because it, you taught me but, that he did it. Well, I was just we call it the I Sermon on the Mount. I teach you. I shared an idea. We, share, we call it the Sermon on the Mount, right? Oh, you gave away the... Yes, oh, is it in there? No, you did not. Oh, okay, just, I didn't know it was in there. But that is correct. Yeah, all when, right. When our, when our boy Jesus was uh, talking on the mountain, the so-called Sermon on the Mountain, uh-huh. he is reading... Are you ready for this? Yes, you are. He is reading what all kings of Israel must do Every seventh year on that date, your so-called year release, Shemitah, 
And he, that's when people get loose and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, when I say get loose, I'm not referring to New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, but what I'm saying is, is that people think that this was original with Jesus. It's not. You see, this is a very, to the Roman ear, to the Roman captures who conquered the country, this is a very important rebellious act. Because oh, who can oh, read it? The king is commanded to read it. You'll find that actually in Deuteronomy. It's in the part of the section we're right. supposed to cover tonight. So when Jesus uh, preached that uh, message, what yes. we call the Sermon on the yeah. Mount, he was actually, it was uh, a thinly veiled right. claim to royalty, to the kingship, right? Is that? Oh, we lost Thomas, our caller. Oh, Thomas. You know what, Thomas? We apologize. I took too much time so going rude. through the questions, Thomas, Thomas. we're rude. Accept my apology. Give call us back. a call. Don't, don't give up on us. And give us a call back. Watching the Super Bowl, you all can call to. 340-9585, just in case Tomas needs to remember yeah, Tomas, the number. I apologize. We should have taken you instead of just jabbing. Yeah, exactly. Well, I we were reviewing the questions. Jesus cast many demons out of a man and into a herd of pigs. Yes. One of the demons gave his name when Jesus demanded it. Uh-huh. What name did that demon give? It's found in Chapter 5 of the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 5, verse 9. What was the name of this demon uh-huh. who gave his name? Or maybe, in a little bit of a hint, maybe there were... It's always a little puzzling because he says, uh, my name is this because there are many of us. Mm-hmm. That, is well, it just here's a one? question for you, Sophie. Okay. While we're waiting for Thomas, Tomas, Tomas to call back. Or anyone else, of course. Or anyone else. Why? Are these Jesus' pigs? These are not Jesus' pigs. Okay. Probably not belonging to a Jew, shall we basically agree? Uh, that I can't agree with you, basically. Okay. I, well, we're not told, are we? No, we're not. But generally, the Jews don't have pigs for pets. That may have been a reason somebody uh-huh. say that uh-huh. he did it. Uh-huh. You know, I don't know. Well, let's say this. These, che- these pigs do not belong to our guy Jesus, right? They didn't belong to him, for sure. So... If he destroyed somebody else's property, did he do something wrong? Let's explore this thought. I have a, a mm. thought on this. Mm. But here are a group of pigs that don't oh, belong oh, to him. Only a Jewish. Took, only. I wonder if, if there were Jews out in the audience that oh, day wondering the same question. Well, and we know this. The guys that owned the pigs came up on, in one of the other chapter, one of the other books, and says, "Hey." Those are our pigs. What are you doing? Yeah, he took our pigs. Uh, yeah, okay. our livelihood. Now, is that considered? Would you, would you and I, and I know I'm consider it stealing. Person. Yeah, would we consider it a theft, destruction of somebody else's property? And see, that rarely gets talked about or thought about. But we got Jesus go putting something into these pigs that they just can't stand. I got this vision of a pig kind of, you know, eating his food on the ground. Uh-huh. And the spirit kind of pops into him. He raises up, blinks his eyes, says, oh, heck, and runs and drowns himself. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would be, I, I'm just, I, I'm taking your question seriously. Uh, you but I assume that that would be a little bit of a hard case to prove. If you if it took it to court, uh, I'm thinking of an American court where if someone said, hey, this guy, he, he cast some demons into my prize pigs over here, and they went off and committed suicide. He owes me. I, I, I don't know. Wouldn't that get thrown out of court today, at least in our work? That'd get thrown out of court, right? Nobody would. I, I don't know if it would. Oh, really? Hmm. Interesting. You would know. 
No, I don't know if I know, but I. But you, I don't you've think probably so. taken some case like that to court yourself before. I'm guessing. Well, but I anyway. have not destroyed people's pigs. <laughs> no, okay. But I will say, here's a situation. We all know that I can't come to your house and destroy your property. That's true. But what we've got in this picture is our guy Jesus. Destroying right. somebody I guess else's property. Mm-hmm. Now, how can that possibly be explained? And I'm going to invite any caller that's not listening to the Super Bowl or partnering <laughs> pa- par- after the Super Bowl to call. And let's talk about that because we're going to help resolve this issue. It's called partying. Yes, we are. That's what I've had. <laughs> and I was going to the party before I came. I parked the car and went down to the party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a man who doesn't know anything about partying. Uh, you couldn't even pronounce the word. But uh, there you go. You've got a good question out there for you. And we'd like to explore we have a call. that experience. Let's go and find it is Jeanette giving us a call. Let me hit the right button. And pull Jeanette up on the line with us. Hi, Jeanette. How are you tonight? I'm very good. How are you doing, Sophie? I'm doing well. It's good to hear your voice. Are you, mm-hmm. you, are you doing okay health-wise and everything? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, good to hear. What, uh, what's going on in your world these days? Um, I'm fine editing my book. Okay. Hello. Well, I admire hey, anyone who Sophie. has a discipline to write a book, and yeah. you are so, you know putting the is? finishing touches on it. Jacob is also. Yeah, when are yeah, you going to finish wait, your book? Wait, I want to. Do you know this is your old friend from years ago? That's right. Yeah. University professor yeah, and, and so yeah, a great, great yeah. friend. Uh, she's writing a book, Jacob. No, you, I'm not a university professor. I was in uh, college. Teaching in college when I used to speak to you before, and I was completing my master's at Texas State. I see. All right. Well, then I've I got that wrong, you but got still. That. Yeah. Uh, because I mentioned my student, but I meant my college student. Great. Well, do, do, you, do you want to answer a question for us tonight, Jeanette? We address one of our questions sure. or a different passage Absolutely. or what? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the name of the demon? Yes was legion i am legion i am legion for we are many he says which is a a remarkable question how about jacob's question can you have any thoughts about this idea about um when all the food supply was gone oh good that's interesting as well uh the question about uh the prediction was uh let me see if i can find the question he says Moses predicts that if Israel disobeys God, a foreign power will lay a siege mm-hmm. so severe that the Israelis would be driven to do what for food? What was that extreme thing they yes. had to do for food? Eat the fruit of the womb. Eat their own children. Exactly. Yes. Oh, I can mm-hmm. hardly even bring yes. myself to say it. It's so uh, terrible a thought. But it happened twice. Now, do you remember the two occasions when it happened? I guess three times, really. Really? Well, maybe. I, I, you know, I have two answers here. Jacob, I'm going to count. Tell me the ones you remember. Well, I just read the past, the prior passage to eat the fruit of the womb. Yeah. But it happened to Israel two times. I know that one was following the Babylonian conquest. Uh, uh, when when Nebuchadnezzar came on and uh, put a, a 13-month siege, latest 13-month siege on Jerusalem, and the people were driven to that extreme of having of eating wow. their own children. Uh, and 
I have here Assyrian, but I, I know it happened when Rome destroyed Jerusalem, right? Yeah, Jacob? It, it, uh, it did happen, what you're referring to, when they came up to the wall. And there's a famous passage in that book of Kings that I have never heard anybody preach on. Oh, that was Sennacherib in Assyria. Yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, uh, so, and yeah, it was they were starved, and it was part of the weapons of war. The Assyria yeah. and Babylon, but did it happen as well under Rome or not? When Rome destroyed Jerusalem? You know, I don't recall that happening. As a, as a particular, as a specific. Okay, at least Assyrian and the Babylonian conquest. We know mm-hmm. that that prophecy or that prediction that Moses gave did mm-hmm. actually happen, uh, terrible as it was. <laughs> to the people yeah. of Israel in those times. So very good. You've answered that question for us. Anything else on uh, your mind? And the, the beginning and the end of the psalm, praise the Lord is the... Uh, exactly right. And in Hebrew, mm-hmm. praise the Lord, how would you say praise the Lord? Uh, hallelujah. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> See, we knew you, I knew you were a scholar. You, you, you got it exactly right. Hallelujah. So the those five uh, psalms begin and end with mm-hmm. those words. Praise the Lord. Exactly right. Thank you very much for calling in, Jeanette. It's good to hear from you. We've got another yes. caller on the line, Jacob and, and Mike. Don't give up on us, and we'll go and catch their question as well. Thank you, Jeanette. We appreciate it. Let's go and get... Let me see. I've got to do this first, uh-huh. and then I've got to go to... There. Michael is with us. Hi, Mike. Uh, hello, Sophie. Hi, Jacob. Hey, good to uh, hear. hey, Mike, can you hear... Well, you're on... On hold, I, I well, I, mine, so we know computer. But I'm, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Jacob. I had to leave the radio on because I could hear both you and Soapy, but I could not hear the caller. So I left my radio on and waited patiently. After oh, that. okay. So that's an answer I for it. Something we need. Can't to hear know. the caller. Uh, so what you're saying, Mike, is you you could not hear the caller talking to us when you called in. And you were on hold. Right. I can only hear you and Soapy replying to the caller. I cannot hear the caller. Okay. That's why you're yeah. waiting on online. Is gone? Yeah, while I'm waiting online. All right. Good. So well, that hel- that's helpful on. information for us. We are kind of trying to get the bugs out of this new, brand-new board here, and that really does help us to know what people can and cannot hear. But, Mike, you could hear us talking yeah. on the phone line while you were waiting. Correct. Okay. Correct. Well, we're going to try to fix that on the other part. All right. Well, let's let's find out what Michael is calling about. What? Well, I've been been uh, puzzled with this uh, seven years, uh, all week long, and I came up with the brainstorm that every seven years the land has to rest, and so every seven years uh, there's a release of the indentured servants, and that's because the land has to rest. So the sixth year, God promised a bumper crop to get through the sixth, seventh, and eighth year until the, the harvest is made. And so I'm thinking Jubilee year 50, but you just answered my question earlier, it's 49. So 7 times 7, the 49th year would be a, a year of rest, of release. And then further that, there's a liberation, and I didn't understand. Uh, all I know is that property cannot be bought in a perpetual way whenever they sit by and sell. They have to figure how many years are left until the year of liberation, the 49th year, and only charge that much. At the 49th year, all property can go back to the original owner. So land, the land is mine, saith the Lord. You can only... Um, 
turns out rented. He could only buy it for the number of years before Jubilee. And why was that? Why was it that there was no permanent exchange of the land, that that you could only, in a, in a sense, as you say, lease that land for that period of time, and it was only, uh, and it was, and it was, um, uh, there's a word I'm looking for, but it was, the, the cost of the price was figured on the basis of how many years remained in the seven-year right. period, you know, the before the uh, the next year of release. It was a very interesting concept, but let me see, the, the question was, um, why did the land have to go back to the original owner? Uh, well, I that I don't know, Sophie. Mm-hmm. I, I was hoping you and Jacob could tell me. <laughs> you were hoping we might know the answer to that one. Well, I yeah. think I know the answer to it. The land is mine, say it to the Lord. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Well, well remember that he this land was, how was the land first uh, divvied out? How was the land first distributed? By raffle. Okay, but but uh, uh, in a sense, by rifle, raffle, but also Moses, you know, said how, who would get this and that and the other. But yeah, but I'm talking. I'm by. In other words, it was given by tribe, right? No, oh, yes, sir. Each yes, of the right. tribal groups, and so if if they allowed the land to be permanently um, bartered and traded and sold and bought, then that would destroy the pattern. Uh, in other words, oh, that, that brings up a question from last week: uh, the daughters of Salafahad. Yes, uh, and it was interesting that Manassas had property on both the east and the west of the Jordan, and um, the western land belonging to Manassas. Manassas was because of the daughters of Salafahad. They had to marry within their tribe. That was a stipulation. Okay, so there is an effort made here to make sure that the tribes maintain their their land. And so if the land was permanently traded and bartered or bought and sold, then it was conceivable that some tribe could actually, in the end, lose all of their property and not have an inheritance. So uh, at least part of the reason was so that to maintain the the integrity of the land and the integrity of uh, that each tribe had its property that would revert to it every seven years. I I think that was at least part of the answer why the land reverted back. Uh, on the seventh year. But Jacob has a thought for us about the... Well, I was going to say, you're familiar with in the, in the New Testament, uh, in the book of Acts, about was Ananias and Sapphira. Is that right, Sophie? Ananias and Sapphira. Okay. Yeah, the, the, in the, yeah. Is Acts... Uh, uh, four or five. So yeah, uh-huh. You're familiar with that story, Mike? Yes, sir, I am. They, it's the um, couple that... Sold property. Yeah. Well. They sold property, but they, they, only, they didn't give the total price. Uh-huh. They told a lie. And they only gave part of the sale value of the property. Uh-huh. To the church in, yeah, at yeah, that well, time in Jerusalem. And I find that in the Christian world, everybody reads the story just as Mike has just read it. It's because they told a lie. And that's not how a Jewish person might read that. All right. If you look closely, pardon me, if you look closely, it says they had a certain possession Notice it's not doing ownership, it's possession. Because the land, as you said, Mike, belongs to God. The first people that live there only have possession of it. And it has to be restored. The possession has to be restored. So they had a possession. Now, if it was just a lie, and that's what happened, that's pretty harsh. Because there is the do not lie, I guess. But I'm going to suggest a different meaning to you. Okay. I'm going to suggest... That exactly what it was you and Soap were talking about, that you don't have the authority to sell 
something and give a deed because it's not yours. You only have a possession. It's telling you right in the first verse or so. They had a possession, and they sold it. Now, let's say, to make it understandable to everybody, that it's for, there's seven years, and I sell you the property for $1,000 a year. After four years has passed, I have to sell you the property for 3000 because it's only three years till the in, the release, right? The year okay. of release, uh-huh. So, in the last year, it'll only be 1000 But suppose I don't do that. Suppose I come back and I sell something that's not mine because it's two or three days before the year of release. Well, and suppose they say, okay, I want 7000 for it. So it's not just that they lied. They sold something they didn't own, the land of Israel. And as you said, Mike, it belongs to God. That's what he emphasized. So you, you're, you're right on that. But, and, if you look oh. at, and if you look at the previous story, it's a comparison lesson. There is a guy, at this moment I forgot his name, but I'm sure Soapy knows. It says he is a Levite. And he sold some property. So we got these back-to-back two comparison stories, and he sold some land. Now, what's wrong with that story? <clears throat> the Levites can't own land, <laughs> except for one thing. They can't own land in Israel. But if you look at the story, he sold his land, and he, he helped people out with the money. But he sold his land, I believe, on the island of Cyprus. Now, he could own land there. So it's given you the distinction that the Levite didn't sell land that he owned in Israel. He sold it somewhere else because he couldn't own land. But then you got the comparison. So these other people are selling something, a possession. It clearly says, even in English, uh, it is a possession. The land, as you said, Mike, is not owned by any resident in Israel. It's owned by God. Wow, that's um, that's quite a that's a very very interesting perspective. I and I, and I suppose as a Jewish person, a biblically informed, a Torah informed Jewish person, reading that story would would look at it and and naturally understand it in that way. It makes sense to me. Uh, I, I don't recall the story of the, of the one you're talking about. Is it in that same context in the yes, book of Acts? it's a story just previous, and I find, I don't know. That a Levite sells some property, but yeah. it's property he owns from the Isle yeah. of Cyprus. And, yeah. uh, and I think, uh, it's and to see they're back-to-back, and what I think throws people off is when you get these uh, interpolated, subjective uh, titles. What happens then, then you tend to read it like it's a broken-up story. Uh-huh. But if they're back-to-back without that... Then you end up with the idea that these are—they uh, were intended to be. Yeah, they're supposed to be back. To, they're illustrating two points. All right. Oh, thanks a million. This uh, helps a lot. Um, see, uh, about those pigs, um, uh, the, the spirit was named Legion, and the pig, the, the, the spirits, um, the demons, um, cast us into those pigs. Go, and they went into these pigs. Mm-hmm. And well, I think the pigs belong to the Jews, the tribe of Gad. And the Jews were not supposed to have those pigs, and um, and, and Jesus just did away with them. He's yeah, that, that's uh, that's one of the perspectives I've always uh, kind of grown up hearing and knowing that, or preached and that sort of thing is that the that the owners were in fact Jewish owners and that they were not supposed to have them, and that uh, that part of what happened to them was a judgment on that on that uh, disobedience and that sin. But uh, Jacob is saying well, no in his mind. I, I am not. troubled by the fact, and it's funny because uh, you all are the Christians, but I want to support Jesus in this instance. I don't okay. think he stole or destroyed somebody else's property. Okay. So 
I find myself in the <laughs> well, in, in glorious role of defending Jesus. Uh, all right, let, let go, you go. By the way, it's uh, the, the story. The guy's name is uh, Joseph. He's a Levite of Cyprian birth. It says it's in uh, four. 36, 37, and he owned a track of land. He sold it, brought the money, and laid it before the apostles' feet. Then it jumps immediately into the comparison story about the Ananias. It's telling you, look. And so you're saying that because he was Cyprian from Cyprus, <clears throat> that probably the property he sold was in the Isle of Cyprus. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And right. so what you're doing is that you've got a comparison that it's not the land of Israel. It's making the illustration that Israel belongs to God. Very, very interesting perspective. Thanks, Michael, for calling in. There's our music. We're going to have to jet out here for just a quick break. You want to stay oh, with us or you want to come? Uh, we'll still address the, the question that you had about the pigs, the pigs and all. But you want to okay. stay with us or let well, you go? I'll listen on the radio. Thanks. I'll all right. Someone else that will call. We'll be right back. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. You got me dancing, and now I'm shouting. You got me leaping, and now I'm spinning out. Of All right, Soapy Dollar and Jacob. <laughs> there we go, right? The the missing name. Soapy and Jacob with you this evening on the Bible Live Quiz Show. We've got lots of good calls, some great answers to our questions, and some very good questions as well. Uh, we just heard from Mike, who called in and asked a question about these troublesome, bothersome old pigs from Mark chapter 5. Jesus cast many demons out of a man, and he cast them, it appears here, into a herd of pigs. And one of the demons gave his name when Jesus demanded it. And we learned from Jeanette that the uh, demon's name was Legion because we are many, it says. Uh, there are many uh, of us demons inside this man. My, I had, uh, who was it asked me this week? Was it one of my sons? Yeah, my oldest son asked me this week, Dad, in all your years of ministry, um, 45 years with Campus Crusade and before that even in, in uh, evangelism and church ministry and so on, uh, have you ever had any proximity to to demons or to anything like in, like that in the supernatural realm? And I had to I had to tell you, well, no, you know. I, and I actually I even said, thankfully, no, I've never really wanted necessarily uh, that particular experience. And I guess the Lord has given me what I wanted there. But here we have this occasion where the the demons, the spiritual beings, uh, invaded this man and were cast from him. Into the herd of pigs, you know the story probably. Uh, Mark chapter five, and there, and we've had a little bit of controversy rise here. A little perspective that Jacob is bringing about: well, would that be stealing? Was was Jesus here 
uh, destroying the property of people he didn't he didn't own it belonged to other people. Uh, one thing is brought up: were those people who the 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 pig the herders or the ones who had the pigs were they Jews or not? Jacob insists and thinks that they were not. Uh, Mike called in and thought that they were from the tribe of Gad; that they indeed were Jews. Part of the reason Jesus did it was because. They were not supposed to be in that business anyway. But apart from that, that's one question. The other thing was, uh, what are the um, what are the legal aspects of this? Was this indeed stealing property that was not his? And so Jacob's going to talk to us about that. Give us maybe that answer, that insight. You can give us a call if you'd like. If you'd like to sound off or give us a thought, three four zero ninety five eighty five is the phone number. And the reason these come together because we're we've read from two different books this past week in the Bible. We finished up the book of Deuteronomy, which is the second giving of the law. Deuteronomy means the second law. And it's a giving of the law again, a repetition of the law to the people of Israel. It's this second generation that came out of the out of Egypt. Now the first generation has died away and died off. And so this is the second giving of the law to a second generation of Israelis uh, there on the banks of the Jordan before they go into the promised land. So it's a kind of a a mixture between the the, the Torah, the laws of God that he gave to his people, and then jump forward 13, 1400 years to the time of Messiah when Jesus is preaching and and exercising his ministry, presenting himself to the people of Israel. and, And he has this experience, and we're kind of using... Still a Jew, still under the law, uh, uh, and following the laws of Moses there in the land of Israel. So uh, Jacob is kind of bringing together these two passages and maybe giving us a little bit of a, a, a Jewish perspective of this event in the New Testament. Give us a call if you'd like, 340-9585. Let me throw it back to you, Jimbo, or Jacob. And Let me say this. What would happen if I said, I'm just going to not answer unless somebody calls? No, what I mean is, unless somebody ought to call in, can you hear me? No, they're not hearing you, and it's my fault. I didn't hit the right button. Go ahead. Okay, can you hear me now? Now. Uh-huh. Okay, can you hear me? Okay. Uh, anyway, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, Soapy turned me off, everybody. <laughs> anyway. How um, rude. Yes. Anyway, well, Tomas and Mary and the last caller that got disconnected waiting all three of you call back. Yes. In the meantime, uh, I, the question is, was that theft? Well, there, there seems a, a good answer might be, uh, well, you know, Jesus is the Son of God or God, however you view that, and therefore he it all belongs to him. Well, that's an interesting thought. Maybe a good answer. I don't. By that, I don't think that's correct at all, because that would still be teaching us a rule today. I'm God, I can take what I want. You know what I mean? Uh huh. So I don't think, I, I, that's not comfortable for me. What is comfortable for me is this. Let me ask you, Soapy. These, because these are the, sometimes they call them the demiacs or the people that are living in a cemetery. That's uh-huh. what is the basic framework of this story, right? Yes. Ah, uh-huh. so they're having some kind of mental illness, aren't they? Ah, uh, the owners, the the, the yeah. owners of the uh, the herd. The, yeah, the, the, well, those the, who are the, not maybe owners, but the ones that caring for the herd. Well, the, well, they're calling or caring. I should say not mental illness, but uh, the story tells us they're demon possessed, demoniacs. Yes, demoniacs. Okay, okay. So this is evidently the something that has made these guys that are living there nuts. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, let me ask you, because I don't want to lose... Uh, who, who is that? Who's online? 
John. Well, let's take him and see if we can work. Okay, let's get John on the air with us, and let me see. John, are you with us? We're going to bring you on up early and let you be part of the discussion. Oh, okay. All right. Join. We're out on in here. We're glad to hear your call tonight, and we'll. I know you have a. Th- don't forget the question or the comment you had in mind, because uh, we'll, we'll, we're interested in. It. We want to hear from you? Okay. Hang on with us. Okay. Go ahead, Jacob. Yeah, uh, John. We were talking yeah. about when uh, Jesus sent the pigs out. The people are having. De- or were demon possessed, as the story tells us, which uh-huh. mast- manifested some type of obviously mental illness, whatever. Um, and he put them in the pigs. The pigs did not belong to Jesus. That's somebody else's property. And then the pigs, you know, they're just happy munching away on whatever they eat. And all of a sudden they say, Whoa, did you guys feel that? Let's go drown ourselves. <laughs> and so they run and they drown themselves. Now, that's somebody else's property. Does that mean Jesus did something wrong when he took somebody else's property, the property of the pigs? No, uh, wait, uh, hold one second, I'm trying to shut off the light. All right. Okay, uh, there, I just on the road. Uh, okay, the, you go back to the beginning when they're talking about the clean and unclean. Man's an unclean animal, so is a pig, correct? Right. Okay. In the man's eyes, the pig is the lowest thing. But in God's eyes, we, I'm not too sure, but in man's eyes, the pig's the lowest thing, but we'll live with a million demons in us and keep on going saying we're great. The pigs, you put a demon in him and says, I don't want this, I'd rather be dead. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we're, we're both unclean, but the pigs are hell of a lot better than the man. Sorry I like your thought. That's interesting. That we would we would go ahead and my thoughts I got from Soapy, believe it or not. Oh right, we'd be just fine with those demons, but the evidently the pigs would not. Uh, they would prefer death. That's an inter- Oh man, you I mean I was the actual genesis of that idea? I think that's really interesting, John. <laughs> Thank you. That's yeah, an interesting. That's, uh, what interesting, do you think? Well, that's an interesting thought. And and I like the I like his line about the pigs wouldn't put up with that, uh, but it's still not. It doesn't really. Well, it's a great line. I like what uh, John said, but it doesn't really answer the question. This is somebody else's property. Okay. And the causation of them drowning themselves was the action of Jesus. So, in reality, if somebody did this in Texas, right. they would be sued because they destroyed somebody else's property. All right. All right. Now, so the question is. Did Jesus destroy somebody else's property? Uh, well, in that case, I still go back to the pigs. I think they have free will. So they, you, you might be owned by somebody, but you got the free will. You might be a slave, but you can kill yourself if you want. Yeah. It seems to me you'd have a tough time proving that he was taking the property. And right. pigs still do what pigs do want, and the herders are supposed to control the pigs. And so well, I have not heard of an epidemic of pigs drowning themselves. <laughs> True. This is a little rare. They don't demons in them like mankind uh-huh. does. But who put the demons there was our guy, uh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, but the point is, that was not his property. Okay, let's. are you going to answer the question? Yes, I or am. Just, I was, or just torture no, us with no, it all night? I was enjoying the torture. Okay, all right. I'm not putting a demon in you. All right, good. Okay. Thank you. Okay, John, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. Now I have a quick number one statement. Soapy, most of the stuff I learned from you, 
Oh, John, uh, I, I think I take pride in well, that, but I'm not absolutely no, sure. <laughs> when you came to our All church, right. the, hey, you know, when you became pastor of our church, I said, I've been praying for you to come over, and you took the church down like it should have been. We, in other words, the church was lying. John, you are, I know now who, with whom I in? speak. He's a great friend and a great brother. Thank you, John. Yeah, that's hey, very nice of you. You hung out to the end. Oh, you bet I did. And I'm still there because we're still hanging, we're still hanging together, a lot of us good friends, and through a yeah. lot of years. Good to hear from you, John. Let's see what that's Jacob that's has to share about this. Yeah, well, you know, do you want to listen online or do you want to listen uh, off the phone? Okay, can I give you one question? I'm going to hang up. Sure, go ahead. I've got an animal that she's real old. She's blind, she's deaf, but she's not suffering. But everybody keeps telling me to put her down. Uh-huh. And my heart's breaking. Yeah. Uh, do we have to, should we, should we wait for the good Lord to put her down, or should we kill our puppies? Interestingly uh, enough, interestingly enough, there's a passage about that in our psalm reading this past week, I believe, that uh, well, talks yeah. about... Taking care of animals. And a lot of people, uh, maybe some of us conservatives, we kind of laugh at and make fun of people who are concerned about animal care and animal rights and that sort of thing. And, and some of it goes to an extreme, but there is something in the scriptures about uh, about a, a man who takes care of his animals is is more trustworthy and is a good person. That's one of the signs that he will take care of uh, the animal kingdom, those are under his control and under his care. And I think it's a very important message for us. Well, we'll talk to that. We'll speak to it in just a moment, John. We'll come back to that. Let's get Jacob to talk to us a bit about more about these these pigs. I guess it's a related topic. Yeah, it is, it's related. Um, <clears throat> but here's the interesting thing. Okay. Now, the question, Soapy, is these people that were demon-possessed, right? where did those demons come from? From the pit of hell. Well, okay, nice guess. But here, in the context of the four corners of the story, we're told about the pigs and the guys that are having some demon possession that causes them to be crazy, and they live in a, basically a cemetery. Uh-huh. So they're, they're dead, but they're alive. They're in a cemetery, they're living a dead. Dead people live in cemeteries, but they're, they're alive, they're living. So something's there, and it's wanting us to know about these pigs. So, there's something going on about a pig and a cemetery being dead, but alive. Life and death uh, and spiritual... And yeah. what do the pigs do? They drown themselves. Now, let me suggest that in uh, some ancient Jewish understandings... You know what occurs to me? What? what, what? <laughs> Just two weeks ago, we were talking about a donkey speaking back to its owner. Now, here we are talking about pigs committing suicide. I mean, it's kind of interesting. I don't know. Well, at least they didn't hang themselves. <laughs> right. Um, the, um, <clears throat> here, here, there's something, a demon, this kind of demon in the old Hebrew is called a shadim. Okay. And it is associated, believe it or not, with eating pork. So, let's say that these guys are living in a cemetery, dead but alive. Let's suppose they've been violating God's commandments, okay. and they've been not only taking care of the pigs, they're Jews, they're Jews, but they've been eating pork. It had an unhealthy uh, effect on their well, psyche. And the demon, there is a demon, a shadim, <coughs> pardon, pardon me, that is associated with the pig. So, if Jesus destroyed somebody's property... That would be a nasty thing. But if 
He took that demon that belonged to them out of the man and gave it back to the pigs that what belonged to them, the demon that came from the pork. Then they suffered. From, he didn't kill somebody. He returned to them what belonged to them, uh. the demon, because in the old Hebrew, the idea was the Shadim comes from eating pork. Now, you people might say, well, wait a minute. What if you get a pig? And you feed him only healthy food, all kosher food to in today's world. And he has nothing like that. Well, the suggestion is, it, a lot of people try to say, well, pigs have trigonosis, but if you cure trigonosis, does that change God's laws? The answer is no. It's something else about the pig, not that he gives trigonosis or it's something else, but there's something that they understood and God said, don't eat those. Okay, well, if you eat them, something's going to happen to you. Well, this is an illustration of the violation of God's law. You ate the pork. It has things in it that we don't perceive. And so it did uh, do something. So what he took out of them was what the sin or the demon had caused and gave it back to the pigs from whence it came. And we know it's pigs, and it is associated in some ancient Jewish writings about a demon in the pigs. And so what happens is this Shadim, he didn't steal or destroy somebody else's property. He gave back to the pigs what came from them. Returned things to their original state. Yeah, there the natural. Uh, so. Well, from from uh, from a Jewish perspective, that has a ring of logic in, uh, to it. It certainly does. I can... I can I can see that I am I have to chew on it a little while to make sure it's not pork you're chewing on not pork I'm chewing on I get it no pun intended but I have to think about that a bit by the way uh, people might not know this and uh, maybe I'm revealing something to you that's going to cause you to um, mm, think less of me when I was a young boy raised up on a farm I was a member of the Future Farmers of America FFA. And uh, I raised uh, I raised hogs. I raised show hogs for you know to show at different uh, county fairs and so on. And uh, in my ignorance, um, I, I did raise uh, Duroc and Hampshire pigs and so on and so on. They are very good swimmers. Pigs are, by the way. I I didn't know if folks knew that that pigs can indeed swim. And so uh, it adds a little mystery to the idea that they they did jump off a cliff. It says. It didn't say they just kind of wandered down and cut their toes in the water and tested it. And well, I know in Bra- New They Braunfels, jumped off a cliff, yeah. so maybe it was the maybe it wasn't the uh, maybe it was the fall that killed them. It wasn't the it wasn't the the fall itself. It was a sudden stop there at the end that killed them, I guess. So, but yeah, anyway, there is a pig, a uh, diving pig in New Braunfels, and right, John's exactly. his name was Ralph. Ralph the diving pig, exactly right. And uh, uh, what was that? Is that still there, by the way? Oh, I guess it's gone now. There used to be a famous. I have a I have a niece by my on my wife's side of the family, a niece cousin, something some distant relative that used to be one of the girls that that swam with Ralph, you know, that that did the display or did the little show with him. That was uh, some years ago. Uh, okay, we've kind of gotten off the beaten yeah. path there. What? No, no, so so as I read it, I take it that. It was these people that were living in the cemetery. They're dead, but they're alive. Okay. So he's returned, taking what was taken from the pigs, because when they ate the pork, they got this. There was this demon, the Shadim, and he returned it to the pigs, and they didn't like it any better than the guys, and they drowned themselves. And I think it's a very interesting comparison that they died in the water. 
And the guys who were living in a cemetery were alive, but they were dead because they live in a cemetery. So I read the story that way, and uh, that's it. Oh, you have quite an imagination. I, I, and I think you do. I, have, I think you have to bring imagination, informed Im- creativity and imagination, to the text, to the scriptures, and particularly bringing an Old Testament perspective uh, the, from the Torah, from the Deuteronomy, and the laws of Moses. That was the world uh, that Jesus, uh, of, of even the first century as well. These are Jewish men and women living in Israel. And Jew, Jesus, uh, uh, a true and loyal Jewish person, follower of the law, obeyer of the law. These are excellent, uh, an excellent way, at least training for us to read the scriptures in the New Testament, to see them through that perspective. Uh, it really, it really does help us, I think, to get to the bottom a lot, and even deepens our understanding of some of the things Jesus said and did uh, in his uh, work well, in his ministry as Messiah. Like we were going to mention um, returning to that uh, before we took some calls. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You talked about Jesus going all that way to get baptized by John the Baptist. Yes, okay. return to that topic. Okay. Why don't you explain? Well, uh, from what I've learned, and part of this, indeed has come from you, is that uh, I, I never really understood. I don't guess I ever even asked the question, why did Jesus do that? Uh, why did he go well, to John the Baptist? Well, you remember what he says? He, he says, oh, no, uh, when John, I, I guess it was John says, uh, I should I should be baptized. He says, oh, no, 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 we're doing all righteousness. Mm-hmm. So that's a very unusual response. A little bit of a puzzling yeah, thing to us. So let's see if... What's your answer? Okay. I know you know. For one, well, I know partially here is that I finally realized it's an important fact. Uh, John the Baptist was a Levite. Uh-huh. His father, both He's his father, Zacharias, and his mother, Elizabeth, both of them from the tribe of Levi. It tells us in the book of and Luke so that he is besides, he is 100% Levite. He's gone to a Levite. And the, the priesthood in the time of Jesus was incredibly corrupted, not only corrupted internally from the uh, Jews themselves, but also Rome had imposed, uh, uh, I think it was Caiaphas was uh, Roman appointed uh, um, uh, chief priest, and a lot of the priests had bought their posts in the priesthood, their influence, and so on. I don't even think Caiaphas was a member of the tribe of Levite. Might not have been himself. And remember, the tribe of Levite served in the temple, and uh, uh, children of certain people in the tribe of Levite were the priest. Right. The I, I don't even think Caiaphas was a member of the uh, tribal league. Of the Levitical, of the Aaronic uh, lineage, right? So, but uh, from, but from Jesus Aaron. goes down and, he, and he, says, he says, hey, here I am. And the guy says, hey, you baptized me. And Jesus says, oh, no. 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 So we're Jesus gonna... went, when he began his ministry, to go and have his uh, ceremonial ritual uh, cleansing and the, the launching of his public ministry, he goes to this true, genuine, legitimate Levit- Levitical leader, a godly man, his second cousin, John the Baptist, and he goes there to be baptized to inaugurate his ministry and and says, no, this is being done so that all righteousness will be fulfilled. Yeah. And a very, very excellent answer. It's, a, it's an insight that is very important about that event, uh, that particular event. And, of course, there's a lot more to that event. Uh, we know that it's one of the few times in Scripture we see the three persons of the Trinity Together, the Father speaks from the heaven. He says, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Of course, the Son is present in, in Messiah. And then the Holy Spirit descends uh, as a dove. 
and we see the 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 uh, manifestation of the three persons of the Trinity there at this at the baptism. But what uh, did Jesus mean when he said, "Oh, we're going to do all righteousness"? Now that's a, he's telling him, "No, I can't baptize you. That's not righteous." Now, why would he say that? Because he says you you really deserve to baptize me. I, I'm guessing he's saying you're. He knows. I, I assume that these two know each other. They know each other. They're, but they, his answer is, "Hey, you can't baptize them because I know each other." <laughs> Nobody. He knows the character of his second cousin. I guess. Well, let's say and he says you're such let, a good person. I'm the one who needs to be baptized. John by is you. a Levite. He's supposed to be serving in the temple. Okay. All the, uh, Herod and uh, Ky- and uh, what was the Roman guy's name? Uh, uh, come on, Pontius Pilate. Him. Uh-huh, Pilate. They kicked all the Jews and the Levites uh-huh. out of the temple. They had nowhere to go but out to the rivers. John's out there. He should have been in the temple, but he's out to this river. He says, hey, Jesus, how about you baptize me? Because you're the good guy. And Jesus says, oh, no, we're doing righteousness. Well, the question is, what in the world is Jesus talking about? And the answer is, he's saying only the Levites, according to God's law, can baptize. If I baptize you, that's not righteous. I have just broken God's law. The Levites do the baptizing. <laughs> you are right, sir. We have we have to give you a prize, Jacob. That's that's a very very interesting and very satisfying answer to uh, an event that we all recognize as being interesting and full of meaning and significance, but you've added to our understanding of it. And well, the great. other thing, a question I know that we have a customer out there that likes to always hear answers. You know, you talk about the dove landing on our guy Jesus, right? The dove, yes. yes. Well, the I dove, love this answer. I like this one. Okay, I've heard the this dove has always been in symbolism and in Jewish paintings the symbol of the Holy Spirit of God okay uh-huh, right. so it's always the, the sign it's a it's a physical manifestation of symbol. are you going to tell about the other dove that I we see, read about in the yes. Old Testament yes. and as far as I know and I think I'm right back with Noah because you are an expert in your own opinion I am an expert in my opinion so back with Noah he sends out this black bird you know it comes Raven. back uh-huh. yeah so it doesn't come back then he sends out the dove Three times. And if you go back and you look, Noah sent out the dove, the spirit of God, the symbol, back into the world. But it doesn't come back to Noah. So it's in the world flying around, let's say. And it doesn't find a place to land as the story goes until Jesus shows <laughs> until up. Until the day says, that Jesus At last, I got a spot to land. <laughs> I like that. It's always been a very interesting uh, pre- observation, I'd say. But uh, John the Baptist had a cue on that. He had been alerted that when you see this dove, this sign, you'll know the Messiah, who the Messiah is. And so that is behind this scene as well at the uh, there on the Jordan River. Thanks, folks, for joining us. We love having you along. Let's see and, you next week here. And goodbye and good night. From the Bible Live Quiz Show. Good night. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on the Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on the, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast.
You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.